Please turn to Psalm 128. Is anyone excited to be here this morning? Amen. That's a good start. Now we've been going over the uh, how to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And I want that and I believe all of us here do. But some of the things that we need to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ are going to be found in this verse. We've seen this chapter many times. It's been used for births. It's been used for thankfulness for wives. It's been used for all kinds of things. I want to focus on the first verse and then use the, the, the following verses to make the emphasis on the first verse. If we want to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, we can't have discontentment in our hearts. We can't have grudges. We need to be walking with the Lord. We need to have Him in our hearts at all times. Let me read Psalm 128. Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in His ways. For thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands. Happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. Thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thine house. Thy children like olive plants round about thy table. Behold, that thus shall the man be blessed that feareth the Lord. The Lord shall bless thee out of Zion, and thou shalt see the good of Jerusalem all the days of thy life. Yea, thou shalt see thy children's children, and peace upon Israel. Amen. Does anyone in here want this blessedness yes. in verse 1? Yes, Lord. Blessedness defined in this sense is as enjoying the future thoughts of bliss of heaven, bringing pleasure, contentment, and good fortune. How do we get this blessedness? By fearing God and walking in His ways. Yes. Amen. Fearing the Lord is belief in the God creator of the Bible with an awestruck consciousness of His glory and greatness and a loving desire to obey Him, obey him and all that He requires to please Him and to avoid His anger. It's not in our natural man to fear God. No. It's in our natural man not to be here, to be sleeping, to be getting ready for football or fishing or something. That's our natural man. But our spiritual man wants to fear the Lord and, and get these benefits. We fear the Lord by our thoughts and actions. There are two kinds of fear that we can think about. There's an ungodly fear and there's a godly fear. First of all, I want to talk about the ungodly fear. This ungodly fear it torments. It's temporary. It alienates us from God. It's in, consistent with anguish, distress, rebellion. can be taught by men, and it's hypocritical. This is not what this verse is describing. We don't need men telling us what to fear. We need the Word of God and God telling us what to fear. Ungodly fear comes through the natural man and Satan. They'll tempt us with ungodly fear so that it'll push us away from the true fear of God. And we can all get distracted by it. But hopefully this morning will be a reminder to stay away from the ungodly fear and put all of our attention toward the godly fear. Now godly fear, I'm going to start off with a verse, Psalm 119, 120. My flesh trembleth for thee, and I am afraid of thy judgments. This is the right kind of fear. This is fear because we don't want to disobey the great God. We want to please Him. A definition of godly fear is a reverence of His majesty, a dread of His displeasure, an obedient regard to His sovereign authority, a love of His being and fellowship with Him, consistent with adoption, forgiveness, love, trust, joy, hope, Amen. trembling, honor, thanksgiving, and seeking God. Amen. That is godly fear. Amen. We need to fear out of respect and honor toward our, toward our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Psalm 130, verse 4. But there is forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be feared. Yes. We fear him because he can forgive us. Yes. Psalm 2, verse 11. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Amen. He is almighty and sovereign, but he's also forgiving and loving. Amen. That's the God we serve. How do we fear the Lord? A couple of points of how we can fear the Lord better. We practice what we've been learning in Romans so that we can keep the whole law of God. Yes. Not just Romans, but the other chapters in the Bible. If we are doing those, we are fearing the Lord. That's what He expects us to do. We read His Word to understand His commandments. Yes. If we're reading our Bibles daily, we're going to know what the law of the Lord is. We pray asking God to help us walk with Him in fear, yet rejoicing while we ask. Yes. We have a personal relationship with the Lord like our pastor's been going through. And if we have that personal relationship and communion with Him, with him every day, it's going to be very easy to walk with Him because yes. he's, going to, he's going to be in our hearts and we're going to know how to walk with Him. The last point is we're the opposite of the world in their works and deeds. If you can see yourself conforming to the world, you're not fearing God and walking in His ways. The farther you are away from the world and you can tell it, the closer you are to yes. walking with God and fearing Him. Right. One of the ways, Deuteronomy seventeen nineteen, And it shall be with him, and he shall read therein all the days of his life, that he may learn to fear the Lord his God, to keep all the words of his law and these statutes to do them. If we're reading our Bibles, we're going to learn to do the things that the Lord expects of us. Psalm nineteen nine, The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Amen. Just some verses to help us think about what the true fear of the Lord is. We serve a great and mighty God that deserves our greatest fear. But that fear is also compatible with loving, peaceful, and a forgiving God. Yes. If we walk in this balanced fear, then the Lord will be blessed. Yes. And He will bless us with the following verses. Amen. The second part of the verse says, That walketh in His ways. This is just an extension of fearing the Lord. Yes. If you're fearing the Lord, you should be walking in His ways. Amen. What are some of the ways that we can walk in the Lord's ways? Well, we've heard about this. We can obey civil government. Yes. We can obey our parents. We can be guarding those five inputs that the pastor has told us over and over about, and I hope that right. we're taken to heart. Right. About our personal relationship with Jesus Christ, daily prayer, Bible reading, friendships, music, entertainment. We need to keep those at bay if we want to walk like the Lord. Yes. If we want to be blessed, we will walk as children of light and not of darkness. Amen. This world is walking in darkness. If we want to be children of light, let us walk in children of light. Ephesians 5.8 For you were sometimes darkness, but now you are light in the world. Walk as children of light. If we want the blessings from the Lord, we will put away this darkness. Even if we've had it in our past, God is just and right to forgive us for that. And it cleanses yes. and we can get right back on path to being walking Amen. with the Lord. Verse 2. As a Christian, are you content with your job? Just a, just a thought. Are you content? Are you content to come home after your job and be happy and fulfilled and enjoy your, the fruits of your labor and your family? It's just a question you got to think about yourself. Or do you come home and stress about your job, stay up late thinking about your job, and takes away thoughts of God, takes away devotions from family time? Hey, it, it bothers me as much as anyone in here. We've got to stop it. This verse is telling us that we need to enjoy the fruits of our labor and be happy when we get home. Here's a, a neat statistic I found. I went on and said, 
Forbes website said, how many people are unsatisfied with their jobs? Actually, this kind of took me back. I knew it was a lot. 65% of the workforce in America is unsatisfied with their jobs. You want to know why? It's because they're unsatisfied with everything in their lives. They don't have a fear of God. They don't know God. So they have nothing to be satisfied about. So this is a very comforting verse for us. We do the best that we can at our jobs and abilities, but we don't make that as a life goal. A career should not be a life goal. A career should be something to provide for our families, give to the church, and give to others, and then come home at a reasonable time and spend those times with your family and fearing and loving God and having devotions. So tomorrow, I challenge all of us to go to work, work hard. If we work hard, we're going to outwork anyone else in the workforce anyways. You don't have to work extra hours necessarily. If you work diligently and hard in the way that the Lord expects us to work, you're going to outwork anyone that works 80 hours and you work 40. That's the way the Lord, and the Lord will bless you if you're walking in His ways. So let's try, try that and then come home and be happy and content and not think about job, but rather think about your family, think about what you can do for others and see how the Lord blesses you in your job. We've seen it in this church many times. I've got two verses for this. 1 Timothy 6, 8, In having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. Amen. Oh, that doesn't say I need a new house? I need to work 80 hours until I get to move into you know, Thornblade? No, it doesn't. It says be content with what you have. Psalm 127, verse 2, It is vain for you to rise up early and to sit up late and to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. I know I probably just stepped on some toes here because some people like to work a lot more and in its right place as long as you're doing everything else that you're supposed to. That's fine, but this verse is saying get home and enjoy the fruits of your labor. Don't waste your whole life at your career and then it's over and you, you didn't do what you were supposed to. So let's try to do better at that. Because our jobs are supposed to be a blessing to us. Yes. The Lord says they're supposed to be a blessing, but they turn into a curse if we make them that way. Verse 3. Are we blessed by our wives and children? Amen. If we're not, whose fault is it? Right. It's mostly the fathers and husbands. This verse, it starts out, Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord and walketh in His ways. We're the heads of the household. If we're not doing that, the family's probably not going to follow. True. Now this says, For the godly man, the wife will be as a fruitful vine. Yes. There's three ways that I pulled out of this, how the, your wife can be a fruitful vine if she's a godly woman and you're walking in the ways of the Lord. First, she will follow you in your spiritual walk. She'll be a companion. Two are better than one. So while you're fearing the Lord and walking in His ways, you'll have a companion that's fearing the Lord and walking in her ways, and you can come together and encourage each other throughout the day, throughout the weeks, and even build each up even further. That's one way she can be a fruitful vine. She can be a fruitful vine in your house or her job, whatever she's doing. She sees your example at work that we just went over in verse 2, and she duplicates that. And she's a fruitful vine there by providing for your house and being, being there for that. The third thing is, is she can be fruitful by bringing forth children. And I think this is more important because the next part of this verse is about children. That she can be fruitful and give us an inheritance. Verse, Proverbs 18.22 Whoso findeth a wife findeth a good, taint, good thing and obtaineth favor of the Lord. One thing that I, I missed up here is you don't have... You, don't have to have a wife to be blessed. That is not a criteria. But you can be blessed with a wife if you're doing all that God says. Yeah, same. Right. 
A godly person will be blessed with children. I want to do a little word picture here. Now, think about a massive tree that is solid. It's not moving anywhere. It's got shade all around it. It's sturdy. Everyone knows it. It's not wavering. It doesn't teeter-totter back and forth. It's a solid foundation. And you can put your trust and know that that tree is always going to be there. Then think about your children as little olive plants growing up around it. And these olive plants are going to need your nutrition and your shade so that they can grow up and be just like you and be solid foundations um, as men and women. So we are, the fathers, are the foundations that they should look up to and follow that example. A God-fearing man is blessed with children. He doesn't look forward to the time that they turn 18 and move off to college. He loves time with devotions. He loves time spending with them trying to teach them the fear of the Lord. If we don't, then we need to correct ourselves and get back in that way. We as fathers have a commandment and obligation to teach our children the fear of the Lord, or we shouldn't have children. That's a challenge for any that need work in that, and it's also a blessing for those that are trying to do what God expects. So let's work on our children and let them turn into blessings as our wives should be. Verse 4 is a pretty much reiterating verse 1. Yes. But I don't think the Lord was uh, copying himself and he forgot what he wrote in verse 1. I think he's trying to tell us verse 1 is very important. Yes. That to get these blessings, you need to fear the Lord and to walk in his ways. Amen. Verse 5, the Lord will bless the God-fearing man in many ways, like in this verse from Zion. Now, I did a little research. didn't take long, but <laughs> trying to find out about Zion. This is the definition that I got from a number of verses. Zion was the center of blessing, and to it all people looked when they sought for mercy, and from the altar of sacrifice, from the mercy seat, yea, from Jehovah himself. The blessings shall come to each one of his holy people. The blessings are countless for the man that truly feareth the Lord, and he will receive the blessing from God's habitation, which in the Psalms is called Zion. This sounds pretty amazing. I wonder what's holding us back from fearing the Lord. From walking in his ways. Yes, Lord. Hopefully we can put those things down and be true Christians and walk in his ways. Yes, right. The last verse, quickly. A godly man will have peace in his home and family so that his grandchildren will be a blessing to him. If you raise up your family, like this chapter tells us, as olive plants, and you train them up to be godly men and women, like you and your wife are supposed to be showing them, then they're going to have grandchildren that are doing the same. And those grandchildren will be blessed to you. In conclusion, let us, let us fear the Lord and walk in His ways, and we will be content and blessed with our jobs, spouses, families, and eventually grandchildren. Amen. God, God expects it from us. Let's do it with our zeal. Yes. If we do, us, do this, God will bless us abundantly. Right. The, the closing verse, Ecclesiastes 12:13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Yes. Right. Amen.